there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by the ever optimistic about the upcoming football season, Michael. How's it going? Hey. Wow. What what an intro. What a, I'm honored. Um, yes, always optimistic. You, you guys will you'll hear it firsthand here in a, a few segments as we touch over a lot of football news that was dumped randomly at four o'clock on Saturday, I believe, uh, and then kind of sprinkled in throughout the beginning, the beginning of this week. But hello, how are you? It's good. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. <laughs> As if we've been on hiatus or something. Nope. It's just been a week, a nope. full week since we recorded. Lots of disappointment to discuss a little bit and and a lot of um well it depends on which sport yeah i was about to say now florida a lot of great things happen in florida uh sarcastically and not but yeah the the florida man was not not involved that we are aware but good trip to florida by by the ball club by the baseballers so this week we will talk about basketball uh touch on the two games that have happened the past week and then preview a little bit the final regular season game um, in Kansas. We will touch on baseball. We'll cover the four games since we've recorded. One against Southern, one against Florida Atlantic, two against Florida State. Actually, I'm wrong. We'll cover five games because there there was a UNLV game this afternoon that we will touch on briefly. Right. Um, update everybody on the rankings, look ahead and then touch on football because spring practice started today. I can't believe that. Very quietly. Yep. Which I think was on purpose, but seems like it. Um, some scheduling updates from our man, Rob bro, friend of the show, Rob bro, uh, get to your questions, Hit everybody with their favorite segment, Going Yard. It is back. Oh, no. It's time. Going Yard's back. It's it's just barely March, man. It's March Madness. Oh, okay. It's time to get rolling. <laughs> and then we'll talk about what we learned. But if you want to keep up with us in between episodes, since we record and release once a week these days, find us on Twitter, at 23Personnel. You can come follow me, at suck and Michael, at Michael underscore LBK. We're also on Instagram, Instagram, search 23 personal podcast. And then all of those that need a little bit more 23 personnel in their life. We've got a merch store, t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and koozies and the like to follow. But right now you can get t-shirts and hoodies at 
teespring.com slash store slash 23 personnel podcast. Still hoodie season, y'all. It is. It's nice and cool tonight. It's like 48 and raining. Yeah. It's nice. very, it's very uh, Pacific Northwest this evening. So I've been, I've been in Seattle twice with my job really quickly since you brought that up. <laughs> it has literally rained once. Like I've probably been up there a, a commu- cumulative like week amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it's rained once and we were in a car. It's like, it wasn't raining when we got in the car. It rained while we were driving. And by the time we got where we were going, it had stopped. It's really strange. The <laughs> one time I went to Seattle was for a, a student government trip my senior year in high school. And fancy. Sure. Sure. And it was, I think it was a long trip. It was like a three or four day trip and it only rained the day we got there. And everyone kept talking about how it was, this is just so, it's just so uncanny. I just think maybe us Texans bring the sunshine. Maybe that's it. So we We bring it with us. We we actually had the CEO over the, the entire organization in town in Lubbock on Friday. And we told, we were giving him a tour of the cancer center and we told his exec- executive assistant who was there about every time that we go up to Seattle, we, we love to visit because it's always sunny. And she's like, you, you should come more often because it's really miserable right now. <laughs> Anyways, let's, um, let's just jump into basketball. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he's stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Bullock and a crowd strip. Bounce pass. Here's Colbert. Evans. Yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover in the line. Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into three. Good. Who puts it down? Ready. Odiasi. Throws it in. Got clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Cobra got the separation. Oh, big shot. Stepping up big time. Dagger. Cobra with the dish. Odiasse! And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. All right. So, do you want to go in chronological order and go back last weekend, or do you want to start with the most recent game and talk about Baylor? Uh, yeah, let's – well, I don't know. I think we should go chronological because it kind of – it seemed like some bad things started against UT that were never able to correct themselves in Waco. Uh, I actually got to go to the game on, on Saturday – at Tech, and, you know, anybody who watched, y'all saw that Tech was in it, of course, and, I mean, there were a lot of lead changes up until about the last, from when I started noticing things started really declining, was the last eight minutes. So Tech, mm-hmm. of course, lost this one, 68-58. It's so, a little inflated because... Right, I, I, I was going to point that out, like, because uh, Jamie and Chuck were talking this morning about Beard's record in one possession, one or two possession games this season, and they mentioned this game, like, although it was a 10-point loss, it was one possession within, like, the last two or three minutes, whatever. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, go on. But I, I just kind of wanted to throw this out there. It sure felt like These Tech, are, are awful. tech just couldn't do anything 
right at all in the last eight minutes. And and I looked it up, and sure enough, here's I, – I just looked up the shots. That was what I focused on, pretty much every play. But in the last eight minutes, Moretti was 0 for 4 with a turnover. Holyfield had one turnover and no shot attempts. I think the only shot that he had got waved off. And I forget what happened. I, I don't know if someone was someone was called for a foul away from the ball, and I, and I oh, missed it because I was getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, "What's your secret?" Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety-five. Bite clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. There, so and, and I missed who it was. Who it was on. Those are the best, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he was in the lane and he spun and he made a nice move and he I think he made the basket, but it was waved off. But so anyway, aside from that shot that didn't that didn't count, he didn't even take a shot. Uh, McCuller though, our guy McCuller, who <laughs> the lone bright spot here. Yeah, the lone bright spot. <laughs> These aren't great numbers, but right. Um, but well, he was perfect. In the last eight minutes, he was two for two with a free throw. So in the last eight minutes. You know, Tech only scored, um, let me do my math here, seven points. And he had five of them. So that's pretty good. So seven points to end the game yeah, is not good. No. And Edwards. Captain Obvious. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Uh, Edwards was 0 for 4. Ramsey was 1 for 2 with, of course, one of that colossally missed a dunk. That And those are the other two points that... Yeah, that was mentioned. it. So combined as a team in the last eight minutes of the game, Tech shot three for 12. And only two players made those three field goals. It, 12 shots in eight minutes is also not very many. Well, and only one free throw on top of that. Yeah. They, they were they, settling for bad outside shots. They passing the ball around. They were turning the ball over. Speaking of passing the ball around. <laughs> I have never seen a team take as many shot clock violations as I've seen this this year's Texas Tech men's basketball probably team. Probably the Tubby Smith team might be up there. And and they were doing to be in, the offense. Like Tubby Smith I think was trying to get games close because there was such a gap in talent that you were if you're going to win games, you're going to win them close because you wasted so much of the clock. Like <laughs> it's like Kansas State football. Oh yeah, they just if, grind if, you. If you just if you hold the ball for the th- 28 seconds of shot clock, which was a 30-second shot clock for, or, or Baylor for 35. <laughs> like you, you can you can shorten games and 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 you can hold hold opponents well under their average, bring them within striking distance because you weren't super talented. But this is as talented as a tech roster 
I mean, yes, last year you had you've got three guys that are now in the NBA, four I think in the NBA off of last year's roster, but like in terms of like recruiting talent, what you have now is better than last year. Sure, yeah. And what you have coming in is even better. But this year, like, you don't have to be settling to, we're going to drain the shot clock and just hope to bring teams within our striking distance. <laughs> right. You're, you're better than that. Um, but what we're seeing, though, is we see guys like Chris Clark get the ball into the lane, whether they, they take a pass in the lane or they drive and get there. They'll be in the paint. They'll be around the restricted circle. And then they'll turn around to pass it. Like, yes. you are three feet from the basket. Do an up fake. Get your man in the air and get fouled. Or they'll, they will. Be, I have no athletic ability, but I'm like, <laughs> do what I tell you to do, man. Do do a pump fake, man. Uh, there will be a, a guy midair pass the ball. That happens a lot. Uh, like, they'll jump, turn, and then try to find somebody to pass the ball. Like, sure. This is not the time to do that. One of the most notorious ones I remember from the Baylor game. Moretti dribbled into the lane. He, not a soul was within six six feet of him. It, he it was, pulled it was up. almost like like, like a, a free throw. Yeah, well, it was it was shorter than that. It was probably like a, I don't know, maybe a nine footer or an eight footer or something. He pulled up for what looked like was going to be a sweet little jumper, a great shot. Even if he'd have missed it, everyone would have gone, "Hey, that was that was a shot to take, take that shot. That was a good <laughs> shot." But instead, he dumped it off to Holyfield, who was down in the post. Who was not ready for it. Nope, was not ready. So he had to gather himself, and I think he took a dribble. And by the time he did all that, three guys were on him. He was triple teamed immediately. And then I think he got stripped going up with the ball. Yeah, and then there was a turnover, basically. So it was like, Moretti, just shoot that. I don't know. I think the... They, are they being coached to do this, or is just you would think this late in the season, like it's being coached that way? I would think so too. Are are they naturally that unselfish, or they're just truly trying? To, I I really think they're being coached to, and I, I think at some point you've got to get your guys to hey shoot the ball if if you've got an open shot take it. But there's there's something <laughs> stopping them from doing that, and I don't know what it is. We say this basically any time that Tech has a really good second half is because they were the more aggressive team. Sure. Driving into the lane and then kicking it is not the aggressive move. Tech didn't shoot a free throw till what, 18, 22 minutes into the game? It was after halftime. I think it was 25 minutes into the game. We switched to talking to Baylor now, by the way, guys. I think, yeah, we're just, we, I think we've just completely moved on from UT already So because yeah, so Baylor's still fresh. but <laughs> the, the UT game was a 10-point loss at home. Uh, and then we move on to play Baylor on Monday. So you play Saturday, then Monday. Um, Baylor's on the road. And it was an entertaining game to watch while while still kind of frustrating throughout yes. the game. It was, you never felt out of it, which was strange. Now, gr- granted, Baylor was playing without probably their best players, plural. Um, you kept it like, the biggest lead of the game was when Tech had a five-point lead. Like, yeah, you, like you were always within a two-possession. Like, and and, and th- there sometimes it was frustrating. You'd go from up four to down four, like real quick. Sure, yeah. But then that's as that's as bad as it got. Like, obviously Tech never got down by five. Um, because the 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 thing was that Tech had the largest lead in the game. It wasn't it wasn't that both teams had a five-point lead. Tech only had the five-point lead. Anyways. 
you're in the game the whole t- whole time. Um, and then, and uh, this goes back to coaching and in the sense that I don't know anything about coaching basketball or why the team is this way. But when you get into what I, what I'm, what I hear called situational basketball, where you've got, you know, a timeout within 30 seconds of the end of the game, you've got to run a specific play. You need to get the ball to a player and score. Something bad happens. <laughs> and and unfortunately, it's usually Ramsey with the ball in his hands trying to do too much. We saw it in... Well, the end of regulation. The, it was the end of regulation. He, he had the ball. Next to last play. Moretti held the ball till about seven seconds or so. And Which then I thought was too long. Someone set a screen hindsight. for Ramsey and everyone... They played four out. They got everybody out of the lane, out beyond the arc, and just gave the ball to Ramsey. And he lost his dribble, and Edwards had to shoot a, a prayer of a three. That I don't, I don't think he got off in time. Did no. he? No. It just that see, that whole sequence goes back to exactly the point you're trying to make. It. They, it, it they're not. It, they're not there yet. <laughs> it feels like Chris Beard wants to identify a person to take that shot because sure. he did it for Culver late in the season in the tournament last year, like we think about Virginia going in at the end of regulation and then into overtime, there were plays that were very specifically, we're going to get the ball to Culver and he's going to either win this game or we're going to overtime. Yeah. And, and everyone and was like, fine with everybody it. knew it was coming. Sure. The same thing is happening right now. It's like, I think we may be too tied to let's, let's identify one person to take our last shot. And maybe it's because I don't know basketball very well. Like the other, Dan may be like, you guys are idiots. This, this is what you do. Maybe it's just, we need to find somebody else besides Ramsey to be t- taking these shots. Like it maybe needs to be Moretti. Maybe it needs to be McCuller. Or maybe a play design where Ramsey has the ball and draws people to him. And there's a wide open guy somewhere in the corner that came around a baseline screen or something, you know, something like that. But I, I just can't, because I think the same thing happened against UT. I know that the dunk that Ramsey missed, I think that that was more of a designed play. There wasn't anyone in the lane but him and a couple of the defenders. So I think that was also kind of an ISO-type play. And and that's a common thing. You, you know, you, you put the ball in your best player's hands, let them see what they can do. Maybe they'll draw a foul. Maybe anything will happen. That's That's not a crazy thing to do. But maybe he's just not ready yet for that. Um, I, this was one of those games that, like you said, was really frustrating. The, the offensive rebounding, especially the first half, was just abysmal. Baylor was all over the place. They they were getting their own rebounds once or twice a possession sometimes, and and then scoring. You know, it wasn't that they were just they kept missing, they kept bricking it. They would eventually get one in, and that improved a lot over the. I think after half, I'm sure some points were made in the locker room that that didn't seem to be quite as quite as bad as it was in the first half. But, uh, I mean, I, I remember there was a – and this may have been second half, but I know there's one kid that got his own rebound from free throw line and made it. There was another kid that got his own rebound from shoot after shooting a three, just ran right up to the – ran yeah. right up to the the basket and – just somehow inexplicably missed the bunny tip in because he had it. He got his own rebound, but he caught it in midair and then, you know, tried to tip it back in at the same, in the same yeah. move and didn't quite make it. 
but they were lucky that didn't happen. You did see a possession where Tech missed like three or four shots in a row. And got their own, yep, that like was big. You actually rebounded and, and you missed yep. like three shots in a row, and then Baylor takes the ball down and hits like a three. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt, <laughs> but it was it was still great to watch because you said, man, what a great sequence by Tech, fighting, getting getting rebounds, yeah. and you're feeling kind of up about yourself, and then, yeah, Baylor drains the three. <laughs> so surprise stat here, Tech out-rebounded Baylor. They Yeah, they did. I wish I would have kept up with – what the halftime stats were on the rebounds. Cause I know it was, it was a, it, it, they ended up, let's see, Baylor ended up with 17 offensive rebounds. Tech That's, ended up with 10, mm-hmm. but I think it was like 12 to four or something at half. It or it was, it just seemed really low. <laughs> it seemed a lot more, uh, separated, but, but yeah, and, Baylor was shooting. What was it? they, in the first half, they didn't shoot very well. They they shot thirty five percent in the first half. I was going to say, like this is in a game where if you look at the stats, you think that you probably won this game. How did Tech lose? Yeah, like shooting for the game, you shot fifty percent from the field to Baylor's thirty six. But they just got more rebounds from three. You shot thirty. They shot forty two. That was true. Yeah, that hurt. <laughs> they were well, draining and, and some threes here and there. That that's only a three shot difference. Like they only made three more over forty five minutes of a game. That's a one per half in yeah. overtime. It's not that much. A big thing I think is they shot twelve more free throws than you did. And and what you brought up, Tech didn't shoot a free throw in the first half. Only shot nine in the second half. Um, whereas Baylor had six in the first half, 13 in the second. They shot 65% from the line. So those stats, you're like, we probably should have won that game. Yeah. And, and then you look, you're like, well, you lost by three in over high, overtime to a top five basketball team on the road. And like a lot of people probably could pick out some moral victory points here. Like, it's so frustrating <laughs> that you go into this and like you play so poorly and could have won a top five game on the road. I don't know. I just, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say they, they played poorly cause Baylor is really good. You know, they're, they're well, good. Yeah, okay. And it, even with their top guys out there defensively, they are a, a handful to say the least. And then they've got such super athletic guys who are able to grab rebounds on either side of the court. Doesn't matter. You know, some credit to them for sure, but uh, I wouldn't say Tech played terribly by any means. I, I just it's it's a just not a fun pattern this year to see a, yeah, a team that you know if it's if if it's towards the end of the game and it's a two or three possession game then. It's almost a foregone conclusion this year that Tech's not going to come out ahead. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have the the stat in front of me. I I think that I have to go back and look at the schedule really quickly. I think anything within two possessions is a game that you've lost this year. Yeah, I I mean I'd agree with that. Uh, I think it's including I think it's overtime games. I I I think you've lost all three or four of your overtime games this year. Um, yes. Uh, well, there, there's four now, and yes, all four of them are L's. 
dating back all the way to uh, the back-to-back games between Creighton and DePaul, and then, of course, Kentucky, and then uh, last night against Baylor. DePaul was a, a two-possession game that you lost. S- Southern Miss was a six-point game that you won. Um, you lost by five to Baylor in January. Uh, let me s- I'm trying to go through this quickly. You lost by two to Kentucky. That's a two-possession game. You lost by three to Kansas. Uh, eight points is a straight. Like that's, that's on the verge of three possessions. But that, that you you beat Oklahoma by eight. Beat Texas by five on the road. Yeah, but that was after being down by nineteen. So that one's kind of sure. A, that's an outlier. <laughs> you lost to Oklahoma State by three. You beat Kansas State by seven. So, so again, like anything really within like five, you lose except for Texas, but. Caveat: You were down by almost twenty. Yeah. Um. You lose to Texas this past weekend. It was closer than the final score ended up. You lose to Baylor by three. So really, the only game within five that you won was on the road against Texas, who's not been great this year. Yeah, they've they've been inconsistent as well. All setting up for your final game of the season, where you take on now number one Kansas at home. Who's about to have some? I, I, I wish I, I just thought of this because I saw it earlier on Twitter today. But all the sanctions or whatever is about to be released Thursday, which is interesting because the last time, maybe not the last time, but I guess it was two years ago when game day was in Lubbock for the Kansas game, all that stuff came out initially because mm. I remember that the students had to be really quiet. Y'all have got to be really quiet because we're going to talk about all this stuff in the first segment. Because the students were all jazzed and everyone was mm-hmm. pumped. And then, but first, let's talk but about first, shoes. Let's let's talk about uh, th- these allegations. And something's finally coming out the same time two years later, right before the Kansas game. So that that could be some interesting uh, fodder for some signs. If anybody's listening and likes to make signs, there could be some some good ones that you could pull from whatever these. Whatever is going to be released on Thursday, but but yeah, I mean Kansas, of course they're they're playing well because they're Kansas, and I'm, I'm not feeling super confident about this. I mean Tech could obviously surprise everybody. They they can. They're a capable team. They can put it together. We've seen them do it. Uh, I I would I would be surprised though if if they come out with a win. Um, I'm a, I'm afraid we're looking at a 0 and 4 final stretch of the regular season, but would love to be wrong, as I'm sure all of us would if if uh, you kind of feel the same way. Yeah. But speaking to the the sanctions, whatever the suspensions from the Kansas State game are going to be lifted after their senior night game tomorrow Wednesday versus TCU that's right so the player that was in the middle of all that um DeSousa will be eligible to play that's right he didn't play a lot of minutes but no he still could see him though who knows yep he'll be back he'll be at least eligible to play again other guy that's in question is Yudoka Azubuki who hurt his ankle against Kansas State was in a walking boot um is he's out of the walking boot, but the latest we've heard is he hasn't practiced and he's questionable for their game versus TCU. So it'll be interesting if you want to turn that game on for a little bit just to see, is Azubuki playing? 
Yeah, that would uh, that would affect because he he's a he's a big part of, of, of their talent in, inside. Yeah, um, would really limit them to what they're able to do. But we'll get a little bit of an update on that. Obviously, when they they roll out there to play TCU tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and then they'll have another couple of days to get healthy before they travel to Lubbock. Big 12 tournament kicks off next week, which like, it feels like we were counting down, like we've got nine games left. Now it's like, we've got one left. Yeah. And then you start the tournament. Um, so depending where you look, I don't think anybody like Texas tech is kind of flirting with the, are they doing poorly enough to work themselves into a bubble conversation? I don't think they're there yet. I think they're still in, in the field. Um, a win, obviously, this weekend against Kansas would would solidify that. Not losing your first game in the Big 12 tournament will help solidify that. Currently, Texas Tech is the third best team in the Big 12, according to records. Uh, they would match up with... Oh, let me see. Let me uh, see. They're number three. Six, right? Well, they would actually match up with the winner of... No, you're right. Yeah, they do match up with number six seed, which who is currently... Sorry, my, I've got windows popping up. West Virginia right now, but I don't like that matchup. There's a lot of games. I mean, you, you know, uh, you, as of right you, now, to, you to could n- drop to fourth because Oklahoma is a half game behind you, um, and they're playing tonight. And they play tonight versus Texas. Yeah, so they, you, they you, kicked off at eight. You kicked could, off. <laughs> you could drop down into fourth, uh, which means then you would play Texas. But then West Virginia is playing tonight as well against Iowa State. So there are two games, lots of moving pieces. We'll, we'll have obviously the final standings after this weekend's game. Sure. um, Before we record. But the, the only good news is that I think it would be a really odd scenario. And I think Kyle covered it on staking the planes earlier this week. If tech dropped out of the top six, the top six teams, the way this tournament's run, I believe get a, a first round, a first round by essentially they don't have to play the first 10, eight plays nine. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be the only difference. So, you should plan on Tech playing their first game on Thursday, March 12th. Good times. Yep. Um, and and it is possible, depending on how TCU and West Virginia, like, so Texas Tech is 9-8. and eight. Um, Going all the way down to TCU, who is 7th, they are 7-9. and nine. TCU would have to win their last two games. That's that's including versus Kansas to tie you, and you'd have to lose versus Kansas. So it's possible that you couldn't. I mean, you could drop as far down as as into seventh from third. Yeesh. Yeah, in the matter of just a couple of days. It's it's pretty close. You could also remain there at third. So you're you're not going any higher. You've got Kansas at one. At fifteen and one, Baylor at two, at fifteen and two. Now the game this weekend, when Kansas comes, does have Big Twelve title implications. Like if Kansas wins, they're going to be the Big Twelve champs. If you knock them off and Baylor wins their final game, then they'll have to split the title. Yep. So it'll be kind of the same vibe that that uh, Tech had going into Ames last year. Mm-hmm. Except it'll be. Inverse of that. <laughs> we will be Iowa State in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so 
Selection Sunday would be the following. So it's, it's not this upcoming Sunday, but the next. So after the Big 12 tournament. Um, and then we'll we'll go from there, man. We'll we'll figure out where Tech's going, who they're playing. Chop up their their tournament previews and see where this team goes. Yeah, maybe get a, a, a guest on the pod. Never know. He did say there's one one potential guest that he would come on for March Madness. Really? Yeah. I'm looking at you, man, from Houston. <laughs> that's right. Anyways, so that's basketball. Not not the greatest trajectory. Like I I I feel really b- looking back um with with our 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 friend hindsight here when we were talking about tech going on that eight game win streak. <laughs> it's like man, we were way off. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. We we were just slightly worried about uh Waco and then Kansas coming to town, but the rest of it was kind of just going to be business as usual. Fine. Nobody and I, I don't think that, that it was unreasonable to expect that you just have not played consistently well enough, which is the frustrating thing. I think most people see is they see how, how good this team is, how well they can play. And then you get a game like Texas where you score seven points in eight minutes to close the game out. Or you get absolutely manhandled by Oklahoma and Oklahoma City. Yeah, at a neutral arena. Well, not neutral, but yeah. Or you lose in Stillwater. Like these are games that the road game at in Oklahoma I thought was going to be the trickiest one outside of Kansas and Baylor. Everything else is like chalk. Like you should win these. You you should expect to win these games. Yeah, I, well, and not just, but but then the same team turns around and demolishes Iowa State, hands them the worst loss they've ever had mm-hmm. in Big Twelve play, or just the biggest in their in their arena in their arena. Okay, thirty points. Mm-hmm. Uh, just th- that's going back to what you were saying is we've seen what this team can do. We've seen how they can dismantle other teams. Uh, it's just not consistent. And this comparison's been made a lot. I'm not the first to make it. I know Labar's made it too. And I think it was made even earlier on in the season. This team reminds me, and several others apparently, a lot of Chris Beard's first year. Mm-hmm. Just, just except, except we didn't quite have the expectations. No, no. not quite. I'm not even going to say that. We did not even nearly have the expectations we probably do now as a fan base we've become we super had, spoiled in the last 24 months <laughs> we we had hope like you know hopefully all these close losses will lead to something right. in 2018 you know smith had gotten him, smith had gotten him to the tournament after i mean just from the basement when he got there and, and just i mean really credit to, to Tubby no, smith. for sure he was he was really great for tech uh but just going from that to uh you know, to, to Beard's first year, I think all of us were thinking, oh, man, well, Tech's at least going to make the tournament. And no, <laughs> they did not. And and it was just kind of disappointing because they lost games in a lot of similar ways where they were in them. They were uh, they were not being outplayed. They were not – I just feel like it's very similar. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to get at. So – you know, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world, obviously, but it is frustrating because we've seen the potential of this team. Yeah, because you, you go how from... How well they can play. From that year, it was super frustrating to have all those close losses to then the following year, you make a run into the Elite Eight. And then you build right. on that into the national t- title game. Yeah. 
Yep, and then you completely reload your players, and you expect to do the same thing again. Yeah, and like, it's just not going to happen. Let's not forget, <laughs> like you had three returners on this year's roster. One of those, including Avery Benson, who didn't get who on Scully until the year of our Lord twenty twenty, and has not scored a point since then. No, he has, <laughs> just not many. I think it was. Uh, I remember looking that up the other day. He hasn't shot well, but he's 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 scored some buckets since he's got on Scully. Sure. All right, so I, I had a really smooth transition to baseball. You said dismantling teams. Let's talk about a team on campus that is doing just that. Yes. Left field, well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field, looking for a second home. and some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven from deep to right. Kerstad to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big foul. Cameron Warren's going to be on the hole from first. From the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. All right, baseball. It is it's that season, man. I'm all about baseball. Our Red Raiders <clears throat> yes. went on a 5-0 and week this week. They're rolling, man. They are. They're rolling. They're getting things figured out. Not that they didn't already. Uh, the one blemish was against Tennessee and that neutral site tournament. Since then... You had a couple close games against Florida State, which we'll talk about. Everything else, though, you've dominated. You've looked good doing it. You felt good after all the games. Um, it's been a really fun week of baseball. You you played two versus Southern. You beat them. They went to Florida, played three Friday night, took on Florida Atlantic, handed them their first loss of the season, 7-1. to one. Um, You held them to only two hits on the day. Two hits. You two hit a team. And that's not the only thing. That's not the, you did that twice this weekend. You did it to Florida <laughs> State once. Um, Saturday, you go, you're in Dick Hauser Stadium in Tallahassee to take on home of the Florida State Circus School Seminoles. Oh, oh yeah. Isn't that? It's right outside the baseball stadium. Right, right, right in the ridiculously short right field. It's, is it a major? Is is it? Do you get a? Is it a athletic course? <laughs> it, it may like a, be or is like it a, a club? club. It may be a club. So it's kind of like Texas Tech hockey. They're mm-hmm. sort of affiliated with the school, but they probably get almost no money. Or Quidditch. <laughs> or Quidditch. There's a Quidditch team. At Tech, yeah. How come we don't have a Quidditch section in our in our notes? Because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> No, no good. <laughs> no. I just thought of that. 
I'm sure. I'm sure y'all are shocked. <laughs> All right. So Saturday they take on the host Florida State. They come out victorious in 11 innings, six to five. Bryce Bonding got the start. Goes four innings. Um, I guess the one thing that you you will look at uh, so far. And you'll say, I, I think that's where, where we need to see some improvement. Starting pitching, um, they're really good. They they give up just a few more hits, runs, and walks than you feel comfortable with. But outside of Tennessee, it's never been something like you're like, oh man, we're like we're we're, we're struggling, we're scrapping. Um Bond in four hit sorry, four innings, seven hits, four runs, three of those were earned, three walks, seven Ks. So not bad. But the strength of the roster, which I think we've talked about all year and we will continue to talk about, is the bullpen. So after yeah. Bonin Reekman comes in, he throws one inning, only gives up one hit. Turns the ball over to Micah Dallas, who goes three and two-thirds innings, four hits, one run, five case. And then to McMillan, who is the first pitcher for Texas Tech to throw twice in a weekend. He threw Friday night versus Florida Atlantic for a little bit for um, a full inning and then comes in Saturday and throws two and a third to end the game. Yeah, and I think Devine threw Friday and Sunday, something and, like that. And Brustowski threw Friday Brustowski and Sunday. Threw, yeah, he was Friday and Sunday. So you've got three pitchers that have thrown twice now in a weekend. But you're, yeah, McMillan, McMillan was, the, was first, the first. He did it back-to-back days. Where he threw one inning Friday and then two and a third on Saturday. In McMillan's two and a third, he gave up one hit, one walk, all seven of his outs recorded on Saturday were strikeouts. The three and a third inning he pitched on the weekend, which are 10 outs, he had 10 strikeouts. So kind of, I, I wouldn't say feast or famine because like the hits he gave up were, they were not home runs. But McMillan this weekend, he either gave up a hit, gave up a walk, or struck you out, which... Duh, that's basically your only options here. But of the 10 outs he recorded, all 10 were strikeouts, and he looked dang good every 10 of those strikeouts. Um, Offensively, Baker, Drew Baker, your leadoff hitter, homered in the top of the ninth to tie the game. You were down by a run going into the ninth. You needed a run. Your leadoff hitter smokes a home run. And then going into the 11th, you've got Dylan Carter who gets on base. He's on first. And then um, Noisy, also name is Dylan. It's throwing me off right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, yes. It, yep, it is. Noisy hits a single, um, but there's a throwing error trying to get him out at first. In this ballpark, they have really deep... There's a lot of territory between the foul line and the stands, the stadium. The ball gets so far past the first baseman. Noisy's able to get all the way around to third. Carter scores. He's fast, yes. but Carter scores from first on a throwing error in the infield to take the lead in the 11th. And then McMillan, like we mentioned, shut it down into the game. I think on a, on a it got a little hairy. Yeah, I, I, bases were loaded. Bases were loaded yes. and he gives up a deep deep fly. Like it was 
10, 15 feet away from being a grand slam that center was a field, walk right? off grand slam. Yeah. yeah. But it went to the deepest part of their park, straight out to center. Um, if it had gone to right field, it would have been a no doubter because, like I said, they have a ridiculously short right field, comically short. They have a big wall over there to kind of make up for it, which I think is still in place. So I, I think the couple of home runs we saw this weekend go over the right field, the right fielder actually circles around expecting to play like the ball off the bounce off the wall like old arena football teams would, like yeah. on, on a, a kickoff. Um, but no, McMillan was able to, to shut it down. It got hairy there. The senior never lost his composure. There's, a, a, again, a guy that you've seen previous years. If he wasn't in command of the strike zone, would completely crumble. He came back, closed the game out. Um, you, you take the win in 11 innings on Saturday, come back, play Florida State again on Sunday. You win 4-3. to three. Um, You scored two in the second, one in the seventh, one in the eighth. Um Stillwell got your your scoring started, hit a home run in the second. Uh, Florida State kind of responds a couple innings later with one of their only two hits of the day, which is strange. They scored three runs on two hits, but it was a, one of their hits was a three-run home run. Um, Cal Conley comes up in the seventh, hits a home run to tie it. Masters hits a sack fly in the eighth to take the lead. And then Andrew Devine comes back in on Sunday to close it out. Um, Becker started this game, went four and a third, two hits, four walks, five Ks. Again, a, a few more walks than, than you'd like to see. Brustowski comes in, one and two thirds innings pitched, one walk, one K. Sublette was the pitcher on the mound when you took the lead, so he gets credit for the win. He threw two innings, one walk, three Ks. And then, like I said, Devine came in to close it out when he took the lead in the eighth. The broadcasters there for the ACC network were all over Andrew Devine being a true freshman. Like this is this is a quite the uh high stakes position to put a freshman in, Coach Tadlock. Let's, let's see does he have what it takes. Comes in, throws the one inning, two of the three batters that he gets out were on strikeouts, including the last one. Like, and that that was the end of the game. Yeah, he 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 ends the game. Devine May not be the closer you you go into the season thinking you you wanted or had because I think everybody was looking at McMillan. You can't throw McMillan every day, especially when he goes you know two and a third innings the day before, three and a third innings combined the two days before that. Um, Divine is like a really solid option if McMillan can't go or if McMillan is struggling. It's like okay, let's let's put the freshman in there because of. In his outings this year, knock on wood, he hasn't ever seemed to get rattled, which true freshmen tend to kind of get into jams and they kind of lose their composure. You haven't seen that from Divine yet. You get a one, you know, a one inning performance from him Friday and then again on Sunday. Sunday, obviously, you take the lead and you ask him to give you the save and you get it. Um Really impressive from a, a true freshman. Oh yeah, I can't imagine that. That was that's always one of the f- favorite things Gus likes to mention on the radio call. Is this guy should be out here? You know, he should be getting ready for his prom or something. But he's <laughs> he's out. He's no. out here playing baseball. I, I love it. I mean, but it's it's true. He's he's a young kid, and, and it's impressive to see Tadlock and the and the other coaches know that he's got that kind of 
mental capability. Yeah, for sure. To to go out there and and handle stuff like he has so far. The other thing I think we've heard uh, really high praise was from Tim Tadlock talking about John McMillan saying, oh, "Yeah, that, I'm glad you're going to bring that up." Yeah. Um, what it, it was a really big thing to get him to come back and play his senior year because he said, Tadlock said McMillan is good enough to be in a major league club right now, being asked to be their closer, and he's pitching for us. Yeah. Yeah. And he, doing really well so far. He made a big point on that. I actually saw um, bullies of of Broadway, they happened to tweet some comments from Tadlock's radio show yesterday. And, and, uh, he said something like, uh, he could throw John in the Texas Rangers bullpen right now to close games. Yeah. And then the other thing he said that, uh, that they posted on here was watching him the other night. And I'm thinking he's just better than these guys. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was <laughs> you could just picture Tadlock saying that, but McMillan, yeah. I, I think, like I mentioned last week, he's, I think he's got a little bit to prove after how things ended in Omaha for him last, you know, this last season. But and and he's 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 definitely making his presence known. And and Tadlock's, we talked about this. He it was kind of just a weird coincidence that uh, up until Saturday, McMillan had thrown fifty nine pitches all year. And then on Saturday, he threw 59 pitches. So that was by far the most work he'd done that he'd put in. But it seemed like Tadlock had committed to him. And even when they went into extra innings, he was like, just leave him in. Mm-hmm. He saw no reason to pull him. Even with the bases loaded, he he, he kept him kept him out there. I, I was I was listening to that one. I didn't get to watch it. I'll, I'll gripe about why later. But it was uh you know i heard the crack of that bat with the bases loaded and i didn't know where where it was going and then jamie was oh okay it's caught game over though oh, thank god <laughs> i had no idea i just heard the crack yeah it could have been bad yeah um but you'll have to go back in and i have to give credit here to, to, to keith at dinger derby um he, mcmillan is 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 taking on that like upperclassman leadership role. That's right. Because yep. Keith said that McMillan has been really instrumental in getting in and with the other pitchers on the staff, especially Micah Dallas and been trying to work with him um, and, and help him continue to improve. But when you've got guys like that on, on, on your team, on your roster, it's, it's really helpful all the way around. Like, yes, he's really, really good, but he's also really good for the rest of the team, you know, as a, a leader. Yeah. Um, speaking of really good and a, and a really good leader, Brian Klein was named big 12 player of the week. He hit safely in all five of the games this past week. And four of those were multi hit games. So rebounding nicely from the previous weekend where he had that walk off single versus Houston his one of 13, um, rebounded this weekend to hit, have multi-hit games four times and hit in all five games. Um, rankings have been updated. Very little movement. Baseball America is still at number two. National College Baseball Writers Association at number two. College Baseball Baseball Nation at number three. Something I thought was weird, USA Today dropped you to number four. Huh. Perfect Game still has you at four. D1 Baseball number five. So of the big six, you're still consensus top five. Only real movement. Well, National College Baseball Writers or the College Baseball Nation, one of those moved you up one. USA Today moved you down one. 
but still consensus top five. Upcoming games, you did play one today versus UNLV. You win this one 11-2 to to move to 12-1 and on the season. Again, that one loss coming to Tennessee. Um, you had a just a, a, a bevy of running Rebels pitching to come out. I think the starter lasted maybe two innings, and they were rotating guys like every inning. Um, it was 10 to one. You gave up a, a run in the ninth, which is kind of sad. Like you, you did that to, to Southern too. Yeah. I remember um, that, but it was, it was a rainy game all day. You, you had some really consistent offense throughout your, your guys were getting on base, hitting the ball around the field. Um, obviously you, you know, you put up 11 more runs. you you got one of the most potent offenses in the country. Definitely in the big 12. Uh, and then you'll you'll face these same UNLV team tomorrow. The game got moved up an hour to one, also due to weather. You can catch that on Texas Tech Sports Network. You want to listen to it on the radio or watch it on Texas Tech TV. Um, and then you've got a weekend series versus Rice, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All three, no, sorry, the first two games you can find on Texas Tech TV. Third one on Sunday you can find on Fox Sports Southwest Plus. And then next week... You make a road trip to a SEC opponent. You go to Mississippi State for Tuesday-Wednesday games. And then Big 12 play starts next weekend. I can't believe that. It's – it's it, I just – you know, it's it's always uh, surprising how fast baseball season just kind of rolls along. I, I guess because there's just several games a week. And then you look up <laughs> – Several. You, you're, you're 13 games in. Yeah, I feel like this is the third <laughs> podcast we've talked about baseball and – they're 12 and one right now. <laughs> it just seems like it shouldn't be that many games played. It's taken me a while to get to baseball mode, but you're, you're there. You're, you're there like year round. So I, it, I dove right in. It takes me a while. Um, one interesting, interesting note regarding the schedule. Uh, you've got 16 home games throughout the month of March. Dying. Whereas you only have eight in April, May combined. So if you want to catch a, a big 12 or sorry, if you want to catch a Texas tech home baseball game, your best bet. More opportunities, obviously, in March. Conference games are going to be in April and May. Um, but I think you do have a non-conference series in there with Dallas Baptist. Um, let's see. Who, who's here this year? Is it... Uh, oh, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. You also play Oregon. New um, Mexico, of course. Play New Mexico a bunch. Oklahoma's going to be a, a home series... Kansas State is a home series. I'm I'm not going to dive too far into that because I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm not going to mess that up. But if you want to get even more specialized Texas Tech baseball coverage, you definitely need to check out the only Texas Tech baseball podcast there is. Dinger Derby. Our man, Keith Patrick, which I can say that, Keith. Yeah. I can say our man. You can't say (laughs) our man and refer to yourself. Our man Keith Patrick has got you covered there. Releases now twice a week. He'll get you um, following the weekend series early Monday morning, and then he'll give you a, a midweek um, quick preview or review, and then a, a preview of the weekend series, which he releases midweek. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Dinger underscore Derby, or him personally at Keith B Patrick. Check him out on Instagram at TTU underscore Dinger Derby. Um, his latest episode was recapping the visit to, to, to 
Florida and the UNLV preview. And then he'll have the um, UNLV recap rice preview coming up this week. Yeah, Thursday or Friday, I think, is usually. And then a rice recap on Sunday, Monday. Sure. It's got you covered, man. Yep. Releases twice a week. Um, he posts on Stake in the Plains. The, every mm-hmm. week he'll post the rankings updates, and he'll post the podcast there too. For sure. Um, so, yeah, his show is on any, basically any any platform you can catch podcasts. Go check him out. His his show is receiving a lot of attention, deservedly so. Yeah, really year, great stuff. Year two, really getting, uh, really getting some recognition, which is great. Yeah. Go follow our man, <laughs> Keith Patrick, with the Dinger Nerd Podcast. Last thing about baseball before we move on: Little League uh, update. I I had like not not like a, a panic attack, but I woke up one night at two thirty in the morning, couldn't fall back asleep until five. But I woke up like immediately my mind was racing thinking about we are not ready for games to start. When do games start? After spring break. So spring break for... Ooh, that's coming up though. For most of or all of Lubbock will be middle of March, like the week of the 16th. I kept thinking that spring break starts next week. So the week of the 9th. And I was looking ahead to the weather, seeing that today, Tuesday night, was supposed to be rainy and bad. I was like, we're going to lose one of our last two practice opportunities before games start because most kids are going to be out. I, I'm still going to try to hold optional practices during spring break for those that are interested or that aren't traveling. Um, anyways, I unfounded because I've still got another week of practice before then. But I had never been that anxious or worried about a t-ball game before. <laughs> You're the head coach now. Heavy, 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 where's the crown? Lays the crown? What is that? What's that saying? Someone knows it. Heavy, just maybe heavy know. is the crown. I don't know. Because here's the thing. It's got a lot of burdens to bear. We've only been able to practice, you know, we, we've missed two practices so far because of weather. And we can only practice one hour at a time before we lose light. And That's I, about to change, though. This as weekend. Of, as of Sunday. Yeah. But this weekend, I, I don't want to take people's weekends. Um, well, no. So I, I try to practice midweek, Tuesday, Thursday nights. Lost of practice tonight because of the rain. Anyways, because of that, like we are, our batters are not hitting off pitched balls yet, which is like I know that I have a t-ball team. It's modified t-ball. They actually get three coach pitch pitches, and then they have a couple swings off the tee. We have time, like they don't have to be ready and rare to go hitting a coach pitch game one. But you'd like at least a few of them to we be. We haven't able to. even started that. Oh, man. <laughs> they, I've tried to teach defensive principles, like the one or two defensive principles I have is like anybody that, like if the ball's hit on the right side of the infield, I want them to try to throw to first. If the ball's hit on the left side of the infield, I want the ball to go back to the pitcher. They don't understand that concept. We've tried playing it with kickball, which we're going to continue to do because that's a lot easier to do than with the hard baseball. Like I said, haven't been throwing at these kids yet to hit out of the air. They've been hitting off tees. Some of them can't even do that. 
But I'm hey, gonna, just think. There's no way that your your team is the only team at this at this stage. You know, I would like to think that, but I also just remember, go ahead and think that. That'll make it. Easier I remember to sleep. how bad our team was last year, and I just you have no concept context until you go out there your first game. You're like, wow, <laughs> we're so far behind. It'll be fine. I, I mean, I would like to be surprised and like one not play the bad news bears first week and then get all like confident after beating them. I don't want to be them again. Let's put it that way. All right. That's enough baseball. I'm getting too, too anxious about little league T ball games in March. Michael, do you, you ready to talk about some football? You want to talk football? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Welker takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go 25-10. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman, screen. Underneath Derek Ruhl, breaks the tackle, still up the sideline, turns on the juice, touchdown. So Harold in the shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He breaks. Oh, he's the worst. Red Raiders. Unbelievable. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. All right, so we teased it going into this, this episode that spring practice has already started. How? How are we already this close, this far? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it. I, I guess it does make sense that they're going to be trying to get the spring game in in like a month from now. Are you going to go to that? Probably because I'm a sucker. Uh, I'll see. I'll see what's going on. It also kind of depends. Like if it's on a Friday night or Saturday night, and if I have a little league game, or if it's on like I can't remember what the date is, and if it falls. So our, I think our, it is a Friday night actually. Okay. But I, I can't remember the day either, because I, I know so our church has a, like a big semi-annual conference that always falls in the first weekend of April. So like my Saturday is going to be taken. I'm already booked for that Saturday. You're, you're so, just booked. You're just blindly booked for basically <laughs> for, for all, Saturdays. All of that Saturday, uh, that the first I, first Saturday of April. Whatever Saturday it is, I'm sorry, but I am booked. Um, that's what I tell everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm it'll busy. be on April 10th, a, which is a Friday though, isn't it? Uh, there's a fan fest event on April 4th, as well as the annual spring game on April 10th. And it will be at 6 PM, which I do believe is a Friday. It's good Friday. It's Easter weekend. Perfect oh, time to be doing this. There you go. Said no one goes no out one. of town on Easter weekend. <laughs> right. Like we don't have an, an adjusted baseball game or baseball weekend then. No, no. I mean, I mean, who would the, the, it's only a coincidence that the, the Oklahoma series has moved up a day. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> good Friday. Um, at six, so like not a whole lot of time to do anything between work and, 
spring practice. Like you have to go either straight from work or take off early, which is not, you know, it's Friday. It's not that uncommon, but weird decision to do that on Friday, not Saturday. Yeah. I think it's the first one that I remember them having in years that hasn't been on a Saturday. Right. Yeah. And it also would avoid the good Friday. Like it would be in the middle of Easter weekend. Sure. But it wouldn't be like good Friday. Yeah. Anyways, spring game, spring practice has started. Uh, I guess in five weeks total time, we'll have the spring game. April 10th, 6 p.m., Friday night. Between now and then, maybe we'll see a starting quarterback kind of emerge. You've got two guys, only, the only, the only two guys. One of One of which, both of which are recovering from season-ending injuries last year, or back-to-back years, really. Yeah, so remember when we talked about Michael being like super optimistic? Spencer is <laughs> not optimistic either. <laughs> Looking at your two quarterback options, both of them having suffered season-ending injuries, not super thrilled about that. Yeah, and then uh, you're, you're... Although Bowman does get the red shirt... That's so, true. So he'll, he'll come back as well, a... So does, so does McIver. Right. But it's like, for some reason, it feels better. Like, he's a redshirt sophomore and a redshirt freshman. But those are your scholarship quarterbacks. You will have Donovan Smith coming in from Friendship as a true freshman. But he'll be here in the summer. Right. And I think I'm, I am fully buying into friend of the show, Keith Patrick, who's also voice of the Tigers... Also host of Dinger Derby, as we've mentioned. But I'm fully buying into the hype of, of Donovan. I, I think he's he's just going to be he's going to be a special talented kid. But he's already he's going to be behind these two guys. One because they've been here for longer, but they, he's not he's not going through spring practice. Right I just now. hope they don't put him at safety. Yeah, the other you know possible possibility to to be trying out for quarterback got moved this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about like I said earlier, about four thirty on Saturday, a, a post from Don Williams Which is went the live. Weirdest time to be posting something, and uh, unless you're trying to hide it. Well, and it just had a lot of random notes, uh, but pretty big, big developments. I'm just going to read them off real quick. We can kind of go back through them, but uh, you know, the main one was linebacker Evan Rambo is medically retiring. Which um, surprised me a little bit, but not I guess not too much. Yeah, like remembering back to you know, his 2019 season, you're like, well, he missed quite a few games because of the knee injury. Sure. Yeah. He he missed a bunch. Um, the other thing that's perplexing is, okay. You remember freshman Adrian Fry who had a great 2018 season one corner. Yeah. Yeah. He led, he either led or very nearly like he was up there for freshman and interceptions. Did he he have six or something? Yeah. I was thinking he had some of the most, yeah, you're right. All that to say had all sorts of accolades. Um, Wells comes in and they decide to move him to safety for 2019 and he just was okay. Uh, not great. I'm sure it was out because they were out of options or they thought they were out of option. But anyway, they took one of, if not the most talented defensive back on the team and made him change positions. Well, apparently they're rethinking that. So he's going back to defensive back, which almost ticks me off more because last year feels just like a completely wasted year. And tech had the, some of the worst pass defense in the entire country. And this kid was playing the wrong position and they're just like, Oh, okay, well we'll just move you back. That may have to do with like the roster had nothing but corners on it and they needed somebody to play safety. He was a really good corner though. 
Anyway, okay, so he maybe, got he got I moved mean, back. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's moved back to defensive back. But you you know who took his place as safety on the depth on the the roster back there? Do tell. Wide receiver slash quarterback Xavier Martin. Yeah, he's moving to safety, guys. So that's why there's I'm, only two guys taking snaps right now. And I'm sure that'll work out just fine. It'll be great. Everything's fine. Not worried about it. Uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting was Demarcus Fields is going to train at the nickel slash spur. He's going to take over Rambo's position. spot. That hybrid defensive back linebacker. Yeah, but he was playing more of a safety defensive back type of position last year, right? Yes, but so this will be more in the box. Yeah. Underneath coverage and run support. Yeah. Uh, the other big news, which dropped on Monday. Monday, yep. Our guy, Tejon Henry, is entering the portal. I need a portal sound effect. <laughs> like a sound. We still need, I think we say that every time. I, I also think that came from the solid verbal. Oh, yeah. Another that, great football podcast would. that I will not turn back on until. Oh, they do their conference previews later this spring over the summer. Yep. One for each of the big. Yeah. I think they cover each power five conference and they and then do a like group a of group five of combined. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tayshawn Henry's entering the transfer portal, which as you've pointed out here means that Sir Roderick Thompson is the only scholarship running back currently on campus. I hope his legs hold out this spring. I had, I had a guy on, you know, I pointed all this stuff out on Twitter and I had a guy say, Hey, you know, Sir Roderick Thompson can, can throw whatever he can handle, whatever we can throw at him. And I said, you know, I, I don't doubt it. I'm sure he's a tough kid, but he only averaged 13 carries a game last year. He's going to need to average a little bit he's more He's going to have to average more than double that. If, if he's going to be like a true workload running back, but I like what tech has done. Because uh, Kingsbury kind of started this too, except with Washington, which you know, obviously, you give that kid the ball every mm-hmm. chance you get. But I, I like the running back by committee. It's just it, it changes the flow of the games here and there, usually for the better. Um, it, it keeps guys fresh. It it helps reduce injuries. I mean, I just think it's a good idea. So I hate to lose one, um, especially a, a kid that was that's this talented and this good and and seemed like he really fit this program. So I'm. I'm unsure what's going on there, but we just—I don't—we just don't have any running backs. Uh, we've got a few. I forget. This is awful. I don't know the guys' names off the top of my head. There's a couple more, but there. So there's Jax Welch, who was a right. walk-on, number thirty. He's a local kid, right? Ish, yeah. Idaloo or something like that. And then there was another guy that played very sparingly really early in the season with a name that it's escaping me. And I can't get the Texas basketball player's name Febris out of my head. It may be very close to that. <laughs> but those are walk-on r- running backs that will have to be taking on a lo- much larger role this spring. Probably take on a few more walk-ons. Um, and I would think... Welch is from Odessa. My bad. Okay. Well, that's Semi-local, but I was still wrong. Regional. <laughs> um, Hopefully, you know, you, you can find another grad transfer like Armand Shine and his sixth year of eligibility request was denied. Yeah. Um, so, he, you know, one of the reasons why Sir Roger Thompson's the only running back left. Xavier Martin could have been a good option. Uh, maybe to take some, some snaps. But 
you know, he's a safety now. He's a safety. Yeah, he, he doesn't have time to do that now. And then another interesting thing that Seth actually pointed out, I think it was this morning in our Slack chat, is that he said, you know, maybe because of the depth and competition inside receiver, a guy like McLean Mannix should slide over and take some 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 burn at, at running back. I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. But it's <laughs> it's it's interesting because you you have to find other people to play back there. And Sir Roger Thompson and Jax Welch is not enough. No, I, I agree. And, and I would think that, you know, a, a lot of this has to do with, I mean, a lot of these roster change, changes have to do with um, Derek Jones coming to the program. I mean, maybe he's kind of evaluated some of these guys or he's going to try some guys in different positions because he's basically been hired to try to figure out how to not be the 128th, you know, in the country on pass defense. So let's give him a little bit of leeway, but man on paper, it sure just sounds like Tech's just grasping at straws trying to make anything work. Yeah. Um, Xavier Martin, so that they do have the, the 2020 roster on the on the website. Xavier Martin still listed as a wide receiver. Another quarterback on here, I believe, is a walk-on, is Logan Green from Snyder. That's right, yeah. Thomas Leggett's back for, feels like, a 10th year. Um, and those are your quarterbacks. You've got three listed. Alan Bowman, Maverick McIver, Logan Green. Running backs, I haven't seen. There's Sir Roderick Thompson and Jax Welch and nobody else. This is it's good. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's good. It's just March. There's, there's a fullback. That's 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 helpful. Yeah, oh, for, uh, for all those times that we ran that personnel package, Chuck Snwabuko, the punt returner last year, is listed as a running back hmm. at five six. So imagine Ben McCroy or uh, Jakeem Grant as a running back taking a third of your snaps. That's fine. Everything's fine. What else we got? You want to talk about the schedule? <laughs> sure. Um, let's get off the roster for a second. So our man, friend of the show, Rob Rowe, uh, found that Tarleton State has been added as a non-conference opponent in 2023. And with that, pre-conference schedule is set for the next eight seasons, all the way out through 2027. Michael, you want to take us through some of these years? Sure. I'll rattle through them. Uh, I'll rattle through the first few. So... Obviously, this year you will be at UTEP. You will host Alabama State and Ooh. Arizona. Alabama State. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, question Will there be more fans at the UTEP game or at the Alabama State game? I don't know, because UTEP's first, that first weekend of September, which is a holiday weekend. It's also going to be stinking hot. I would tend to say UTEP be only because it's opening weekend. I think you get a little spike there because of that. Everybody, like all the students are back. You realize it's in El Paso, right? Nope. That's why You're I'm right. asking this question. You're right. That's something <laughs> that... So Alabama State would be the first home game. Yeah. 
but that's that's still the same question. More fans at the UTEP game or at the Alabama State game? Not more fans reported. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know because it's hard because because we'll, we'll be the big opponent coming to, to El Paso, right, for their right. opening weekend, and it'll be their opening weekend. It'll be so it'll be not opening weekend when we host Alabama State. This is not thrilling at all. No, I'm I'm would lean towards El Paso. There's a chance. Okay, uh, 2021, you will be hosting Florida International, Stephen F. Austin, and then. You will go to Houston to face the Cougars. 2022, Tech hosts Murray State. Heck yeah. <laughs> Returns the favor and hosts Houston, and then they will go to North Carolina State, which that's an interesting little matchup there. 2023, Tech will be at Wyoming. Go Blue, Is it Big Sky? Big Sky Conference? Yeah, to start the season. Now, so opening weekend there and Wyoming, not going to be stinking hot. Yeah, barely. Uh, it could snow the next week. Uh, followed by um, hosting Oregon, which will be a which lot of fun. Really cool. And uh, then hosting Tarleton State. 2024, Tech will host Abilene Christian. Boo, I hate this. And then they will go to Oregon to complete that home and home. They will then host North Texas. 2025. This, okay, okay I, go ahead. We're like six years in. This this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the Oregon one's great. Oregon's cool. I, and I, and I, I think NC I State like, is interesting. Like yeah, I, I like NC State. I I I don't mind so much a game like like North Texas, where you've got some interstate interest there. But like Abilene Christian, Murray State, Alabama State, like. Tarleton State, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, yeah, uh, not great. I, I wanted to mention, too, that one thing I really don't care for on this is that, yes, North Carolina State is a pretty neat kind of interesting matchup. You play them five years apart. Your yeah, home, the, and, your that, home and home is five years apart. Re- return trip is in 2027. Yeah, so that one's that's weird. Um Okay, so we just did 2024, so 2025, you will host Arkansas Pine Bluff. You will go to Colorado State to face the Rams. Which I think is a cool away game. I like that, too. Uh, And then you will host Oregon State, who has not been great. But but still, like that out-of-conference schedule minus Pine Bluff. That's a pretty – that's one of the best ones. That's interesting. You get a a decent road game. Yeah. Overall, that's one of the best ones. And because Colorado State, you never know who the, who they're going to be. They, I mean, they beat Arkansas. Of course, Arkansas has been terrible. But they beat Arkansas either in 2019 or 18. I can't remember. They're, I mean, they can sneak up on you. They're a pretty good team. Um, 2026, you will then host Abilene Christian again because they have a tiny-ass stadium. You couldn't do a home-and-home with them. <laughs> that would not hold uh, our student section. I think it seats 8,000. And then you would... You will go to Corvallis. Oregon State. Yep. Make the return trip up to Oregon. Play the Beavers. And then you will host Colorado State. And then 2027, once again, you will host Arkansas Pine Bluff. You will then... Oh, this one's... This one's... <laughs> this one's interesting, too. It's it's just... I don't know. You're okay. At, we're at North Texas. 
following Arkansas Pine Bluff and then home versus NC State. Yeah, that's not too bad. So, like, I, 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 I don't mind so much the interstate FCS schools like Stephen F. Austin. If you like, if you're going to schedule that, might as well just just keep them close, go after them, or I. Or, they're not FCS, but like a Texas State or a Rice. Um, and I know it's not in-state, but Louisiana Tech is kind of you know, a little bit up there. Yeah, yeah. like um, New Mexico. New Mexico State's awful. I wouldn't. I wouldn't schedule them. Wouldn't schedule Lamar. No. But like I, I know where they're coming from. I I don't agree with the one FCS, one Group of Five, one Power Five, five. But that's exactly th- the formula. <laughs> no, and it, it is. I, I I would love to see them drop the FCS. I know you, the FCS schools like really depend on some of these games to help subsidize their athletic department, essentially. And that kind of brings up like, is that our responsibility to float their program? I don't know. From a fan standpoint, like you want to get me into a game, it's not by hosting Stephen F. Austin or sorry. The, they're one of the ones I, I, I mind the least. Alabama State, Abilene Christian, Arkansas Pine Bluff, like Tarleton State. Nobody wants to see them. Murray nope. State. I always forget where Murray State is. I have to look it up. Isn't that at Abilene? No, that's McMurray. <laughs> okay. Mur- Murray State is something else. <laughs> I don't know where that is. Let me look that up real quick. Same, Anyways, way, same way when we play Weber State. I got to look that up. That's, uh, that's in Utah. I know that. Because I looked it up when they came in 2000, whatever it was. Murray State is in Murray, Kentucky. Oh, there we go. Why? (laughs) Undergraduate enrollment, 7,000. It's more than TCU. (laughs) Like, I, I don't mind the level of competition you're getting from Group of Five. And even the Power Five, like... I know our where Texas Tech football is at. Like we're not going after the Alabamas, Auburns, Michigans, Ohio States. We're not. We're not there. I don't mind targeting some of the like same level competition in a Power Five, or like you go after the bottom of a Power Five conference. And not bother me. Group of five. I want like the middle to top tier group of five. But then, like, I really, I don't really care to see FCS teams. Like, stop, stop scheduling that crap. You know, I, I see what you're saying, but I almost, um, I almost could argue the opposite because it would be so nice to start out conference play three and zero. Well, sure, but like, like a guaranteed three. I don't, I don't want that three zero to be against. Oh, me neither. And I wouldn't want to watch it. I wouldn't want to go to it. But at the end of the season, when Texas, because you know, at least two of those games are going to be home games. Yeah, at, at the end of the season when. You, you know, text knocking on the door of uh, bowl eligibility. Yeah. You've got those to fall back on. Although I, I well, the FCS one, does it count? I'm about to say like, you you can, you can only count those towards bowl eligibility. Like once every other year, just schedule all three Abilene schools every year. Just, just play them every year, host all three. And then, and then you can talk about hosting. I mean, you would have eight home games. It's incredible. You have eight home games every other year. 
and they'll probably jack up the the season ticket prices like, like they're doing this year. You have seven home games this year. I was like, and Re- and returning returning all Big Twelve punter. player Austin McNamara. Nope, nope. The word punter was never used. <laughs> oh my god! Give the kid his credit, man. He deserves okay, so it. That's, he was, that, he was, as, he's a great punter. No, he was, and that's that. Nothing to do with with him, but everything no, to do with the not. Texas Tech marketing, athletic marketing department. Interesting omission. Okay, so not thrilled with the non-conference schedule. I would love to see the Texas and Oklahoma games get split again. I don't really care to get them on campus at the same year and also make that road trip every year. No, I, I, I don't like that either. And I forgot what I – th- I had this worked out in my head at some point. They could s- – uh, they flip Texas with like TCU or something. Yes. If, if they did that, then it would just kind of fix itself. But I think Texas's whole deal with the Thanksgiving thing is screwing it all up. Texas's whole deal with a bunch of things is screwing it all up, <laughs> whatever it is. And what's funny is like, they, we don't even play on Thanksgiving that often anymore. Like it's usually the it's Friday usually f- after black Friday. Yeah. Like you're not even playing on Thanksgiving anymore. Texas, like give it up. I know. You want to play on Thanksgiving? Let it, let it go. Then play on Thanksgiving. And then go get A&M. Yeah. We don't want to do it. We don't want to be your patsy. <laughs> play an 11 a.m. game. When someone's trying to get some doorbuster deals. <laughs> or, you know, like try to do a, a radio talk show and have to find daycare for <laughs> my son on Good Friday. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not I'm not Good upset Friday. about it. Not Good Friday. We were talking about that so much at the beginning of the football sec. On Black Friday. It's, I, I, I was going to say, it's not so much that like I had to go and do the radio show. Like I enjoyed that. But it was like, I have to find somebody else that's not working. Because Samantha was working. I was doing the radio show. And Grayson was obviously out of school. It's like, dude, we you got to go somewhere. You can't come to the station. <laughs> I could have put him in like another studio with headphones and uh, the iPad or something. Hey, go watch a show. Don't come in this just, room. Just hang out. Yeah, yeah, it's soundproof. He could hang out with Tucker. It's no big deal. <laughs> he could hit some buttons. Every now and then when, when, when Tucker tries to chime in, there's Grace in the background talking. <laughs> hey, did you see this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, kid. Let me alone, kid. <laughs> it's great. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to rearrange this really quickly. Let's Let's do a little going yard. Which really needs like a a little bit of a baseball intro, or you know some really cool call of a, a home run going yard. Because I I don't think I, I can use Hank. You can't use Hank Hill. Probably not. Anyways, the going smell yard. Smell of a fresh cut lawn. I forgot what he said. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. And it's so far back in the Slack chat. It would quickly before you hit this up. I have an update. Ooh, update. Texas beat OU tonight. So Texas Tech is now fourth in the Big 12 standings because both teams are nine and eight. And oh, I, 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 I took a side. Breathed. Breathed? Yeah, <laughs> a that's sigh right. of relief. Breathed. Thinking that OU was not going to supplant us. But no, they did. Well, because well, they Texas didn't. did. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like yeah, jack wagons. So yeah, uh, Texas Tech is now in fourth place. Okay, let's talk about going yard because I got excited about this. Um, 
for those that are keeping track, those that are into this sort of thing, um, now is your time to put down your, your pre-emergent, your weed pre-emergent. This will keep uh, spring and summer weeds from germinating if they haven't already. Uh, if you already have weeds in the yard, obviously it's not going to do anything. But also what this means is we're just that much closer to being in full-blown yard season. Guess what, Michael? What? I mowed my yard this week. Why? Because it was growing and I had to. I just, it was an itch. I, I had to scratch it. You're, you're just grinning too much about mowing your yard in March. <laughs> Dude, I, I enjoyed that so much. It was so much fun. Mm. Um, one, I, and I, I said this many times before, but like I didn't get the last cut on my backyard that I wanted to last fall before we got like, we had really weird fall weather that really just threw me out of whack. <laughs> With, with like the snow around Halloween when I would have had another couple of weeks to get everything organized that I wanted to. Um, anyway, so the backyard was a little bit longer from fall anyways, but because of the weather we had last week, there was some grass that was growing. I was like, I need to mow this. I'm going to mow. So I, I got out there Monday, mowed for the first time, loved every second of it. I was probably out there 40, 45 minutes. I don't have a big yard. You, you all know this. Um, but I did put down the pre-emergent. I'm really excited to get going. I turned my sprinklers back on this week. This rain is going to help today, tomorrow. It's fantastic. I'm going to have a green yard. Um, I've done this because I was I was measuring my yard using Google Earth because they have that that capability. Um, the satellite image of my yard was taking last fall where the yards around me had already started to go dormant with their Bermuda. So it was like very obvious which house was mine Oh, from great. space. You should, have you framed that photo yet? I'm looking up right now. No, don't look it up now. We, we'll, we can look it up later. No, I'm doing it right now. Ah. Um, anyway, so it, for those that are also do it yourself, lawn care, look for, a. A pre-emergent, there, there are some things that like a weed and feed that have that pre-emergent in the bag if you do like a granular. I like to I like to spray. And you're looking for something that has prodiamine in it. So, prodiamine, put it out now. And then a couple months from now, do it again. And you won't have weeds this summer. Your yeah. grass should be coming back here pretty soon once we get out of the this little cold rain right now yeah it's getting there i see some weeds popping up <laughs> gosh don't care um, it's fine it's fine everything's fine um <laughs> oh, i'm gonna have to show you this picture when we're done recording okay um let us then turn to your questions because i asked for them gave you all kinds of stuff to respond to whether it was football and the Position battles, um, basketball updates, baseball, all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> let's get to your questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! 
All right. So Chris at Lone Star Lord 89 asks us, what do you think of the quarterback battle this offseason? Is it Bowman's job to lose? I would, sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I would tend to agree with that. The only thing that's given me hesitation is there were so many rumors and reports that MacGyver was making such a good push for playing time last fall before he got hurt that maybe he's further along than we expect. It's still hard to say that he would be better than Bowman who has about a full season of starting under his belt over two years and being in the system that much longer. Well, not the system, but being in college for an extra year. So yeah, I I would think probably day one Bowman takes QB one snaps. I just don't know how much separation there is because I don't know how long MacGyver was actually out with a broken foot that he got at the very end of fall practice. You would think just, you know, long enough that he wasn't going to be able to compete and practice to take over a starting position in the fall. And they decided to redshirt him, but that he probably still was able to get meaningful reps in practice, you know, in October and November. Whereas Bowman was on the sideline. Hey, don't touch my side. My rib may deflate or my shoulder may fall out. I, I I just I'm just gonna say I think it's it's Bowman's to lose. It's just gotta be. <laughs> Long story short, Michael disagrees. That's what I'm thinking. All right, Kyle's red sorry, Kyle's Raider Power at Sports Kingdom three one. Do you think Texas Tech football is going to be going to a bowl game this year? Michael? No. No. If so, how much money are you willing to put on it? None. I'm not. Yeah. I will bet your salary, Kyle, <laughs> that not, they don't make it. I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling good about it right now, Kyle. So all, all the points that we made uh, on the offensive depth, well, not the ultimate quarterback and running back specifically. Offensive line was just trash last year. Um, they weren't. They weren't. It, I think they were perceived as worse than they were. I don't know. You 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 have a lot of depth at receiver, but the kind of goes back to the the Heisman campaign for Graham Harrell, sorry, and Michael Crabtree. I was like, you know, Crabtree wouldn't be up for the Heisman if the, if there wasn't for you know if there wasn't a quarterback to throw it to him. <laughs> yeah, kind of a chicken egg deal. But like the quarterbacks that you have thrown to these receivers, like, can we count on them? Are they going to last a season? If they don't, who's behind them? Hint, nobody. We're going to have like another Jackson Tyner role in this year and be like. That's true. Could have a could have a grad transfer come in. You have to. Like you have three quarterbacks. Y- yes. Four once you get the true freshman from Friendship in here. But even that's not enough. We found that out last year. No, it's not. You had four quarterbacks and it was like, no. Uh, two, without good play from TJ Holyfield, is Texas Tech basketball out of luck? A lot of it does hinge on Holyfield. I agree with that. But and it re- depends on like how early does he pick up his first foul. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we did talk about how important that was previously, but with the emergence of McCuller, I'm feeling a little less hopeless when Holy, Holyfield has a rough game. 
because he's kind of been able to almost pick up the slack on the offensive side of the ball. And you can almost get his defensive, at least rebounding production from Chris Clark. Although I think what Chris Clark brings you on offense is almost a detriment. I don't know. He was playing really well. At uh, times, yes. But that is almost like the exception to how he's done recently. And I hate to like bag on him because he's not bad. It's just the offensive. Like, I don't know if he, I I don't know how the offense changes when he has the ball, but like it's noticeably different and it's not as effective and efficient. Why does Jemias Ramsey disappear when needed most? I think it may be like a true freshman still trying to take on that role. Like he's still 18. I almost think it's a head thing because it, it's not like he shies away from wanting the ball. He takes the ball and he'll he'll try to drive. He'll try to do something with it. It just hasn't worked out a whole lot, and especially these last two games. Uh, so it's I, I don't look at it as if he's hiding in the corner, just standing there, not moving, not trying to set screens, not not trying to be a part of the offense, just so he doesn't have to do anything. I think he's just had some unfortunate uh, luck, and and that will. That will come with time. Hopefully, if he comes back next year, he'll be more developed and and a little bit uh, more sure of his ball handling skills and stuff in in those kind of moments. Four, does Texas Tech baseball win the Big 12 this year based on what you've seen so far this season? So the difficult thing is I haven't watched a second of any other Big 12 baseball. Why would you need to? Who cares about them? Well, because I I oh. still don't know how Texas Tech would would match up with the yeah with I I still have concerns. I I think we're we're a little bit put to rest when you beat Florida State this weekend. I I felt a lot better then than I did last weekend when you lost to to Tennessee. How you would handle a big step up in competition, and Florida State was a top ten team when when you played them this weekend. Like it was a top ten matchup. You beat them on the road. Yeah, true true road game, true back road to game. back. Um, I know that Oklahoma's supposed to be really good this year. TCU is always pretty good. Um, Kansas State's supposed to be better. Texas is supposed to be better. I've said that though. Oklahoma State is always really good. Um, you play Texas in Austin this year. You you're back in Stillwater this year. I think again I don't have, the, the baseball schedule is always, like it's a. I'm I'm mixing it between the, the ba- baseball and football, and I'm. Anyways, I you've got a really good shot if you can kind of figure out your starting pitching to not give up as many hits and walks, uh, because I think your bullpen can really shut people down. Your offense has been really impressive this this season. Um, I think you got a really good shot to win the conference this year. I was talking to Keith at the baseball. Um, well, we were talking about, about baseball and talking about, do we really care to win the big 12 again? And it's really, no, we've done that. What I'm more concerned with is actually being successful in Omaha. Now, granted, there's a lot of baseball between now and potentially being successful in Omaha, but I don't really care for another conference title when you've done it for, in like four times in five years. It's kind of like old hat now. Like, eh, we're, we're fine. We've done that before. 
So I don't know. I, I, I think you got a shot. I would need to see more from the Big 12 to really feel more confident about that. Matt Wells' headset is in the spirit of Super Tuesday. Who wins a race for Lubbock Mayor if held tomorrow? Beard or Tadlock? Dark. Beard versus Tadlock. So I would think those are your those are your only two options. That's what he gave us. Yes, I'm saying Beard wins, just solely because a lot of elections are just popularity contests, and I think if if he were to walk in to Caprock Cafe, more people are going to recognize. Oh, oh man, that's Chris Beard over there, as opposed to if Tadlock walked in, there there would be less people that would recognize him. Now, people listening to this, yeah, obviously y'all you're going to recognize them both and know who. I'm just saying. A Lubbock popularity contest, basically between those two, I think and Beard would win it. it in this in this very realistic to, hypothetical scenario. So something to support that claim. Walking into United the other day, they had like they make those big displays out of the soda twelve pack, whatever, because it, it's colorful. On either side of the main entrance, one was a display. It was huge, probably twenty feet tall. It said "Fear the Beard." Other side was four to one. So yeah, there yes. wasn't there were there, was there one that said water the tree anywhere? No, or stand where you are, or whatever, or put it on the board, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. No, um, yeah, I I think this is. I do think right now because we're so far into basketball season, Chris Beard may have that edge. Now, if we waited for a couple months, it was more in the middle of baseball season and like just outside of basketball season, maybe it would be skewed more towards Tadlock. Yeah, if it was Memorial Day weekend or something, then Tadlock might come away with it. Roger, uh, Roe Roger, that says a dead heat, replying to <laughs> Matt Wells' heads up. All right, so that'll do it for questions. Michael, let's talk about really quickly what we learned. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. Especially since we're going really long, I'll be quick on this one. Um, I learned a... Oh, it's only been 25 seconds. We're fine. <laughs> um, a really easy recipe for doing ribs. Three, two, one. And I, I, I'm sure it's, it's in several places, but I got it from Hey Grill Hey. Um, and it's... Your ribs are on the smoker for three hours at almost as low as your smoker will go between 180 and 200. I think I set mine at 200. And then you wrap them for two hours. So you smoke them for three hours, wrap them for two. In the wrap. In foil, right? Yeah, in foil. I did butter, brown sugar, a very light drizzle of honey, and then an equally light drizzle of rib candy on both sides and then wrap it back on the smoker for two hours. And then you raise the temperature for those for the last three hours. So the, the two hours where it's wrapped and the one hour where it's out, I think you're up to 250 or whatever. So it's a little bit higher. Um, the, then the one of the three, two, one is you unwrap them and then you put sauce on them. And I did a mix of a little bit more rib candy and then that United brand uh, bourbon sweet and saucy sweet and sticky yeah barbecue sauce i did for the burn-ins a while back an hour is long enough that it'll it'll get really tacky and sticky which is really good i 
I understand the appeal to like the Texas style, like dry ribs, like a brisket where it's just basically salt, pepper and like a barbecue rub on it. And then it's, it's a dry rub. Um, but I think pork ribs should be sticky. Well, and these did, were, and they were fantastic. You did spare ribs, right? And they look yes. like St. Louis cut and everything. Yeah. So it, it was, it was really, you know, this sort of straightforward rack of ribs, like nine or $10 from the, the supermarket. Um, you got probably a dozen ribs off of it. So I have some leftovers. So the, it was sticky and sweet on the outside, smoky and savory. Once you got past the sauce with the salt, pepper, garlic, first layer of rub, and then the, the smoky flavor on the inside. One of my favorite ribs I've had in a long time. Because of that photo and because of what you've just said, I've, I've decided that's probably the next thing I'm going to have to put on the smoker. It's it's I'm easy. either that or um, beer can chicken, which I really love doing because you can get a whole chicken for four dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and it it a rack of ribs out, is also really cheap. Turns out great every time, and it's it may be labor intensive, but it's also it's 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 worth it. More though. consistent, like you can do other things like pulled pork, and it's like. I don't, I've never actually liked the pulled pork I've done on the smoke. It's it's okay, and I, I I've used the pulled pork to make carnitas before, and those are okay. These ribs are probably the my most enjoyable thing to eat that I've smoked. Um, I did a rack of beef ribs once that was really good. Yes, they were. I got to have some of those too, and that was the day I'm talking about. I, I've done a couple times since and didn't enjoy them as much as that day. Pork ribs though. It's an easy recipe. There are a lot of kind of sidesteps and not materials, but ingredients you need, especially when you wrap and you can go with basically anything in there. Yeah. You you, you, you can put sauce in there instead of the butter, brown sugar and honey, all that kind of stuff. I, I kind of tricked it up. I've seen guys use um, uh, squirtable butter. Yeah, no. So it, it's the it's, butter out of yeah. the bottle, whatever that's called. It's parquet. Yeah, because parquet. Because that's what I used. Yeah. You, you get the blue bottle. You basically... It probably yeah. give a little bit of a crust too. Just, not really because little. It, then it ends up, it's, it's, you know, you basically braise it and then yeah. for two hours you start with meat side up, you put the butter, brown sugar, all that stuff on it and then you flip it over meat side down, then do the back of them and then you fold it where, and you put it back on the smoker with the meat side down to help keep the meat on the bones. Cause at six hours on the smoker, they're going to be really tender and you gotta be careful how you pull them off. <laughs> some people don't like that kind of fall off the bone. I, I think a lot of barbecue true. Yeah. Like enthusiasts say that it's, that's too much. You, you've overcooked them. Yep. That's frowned upon at all the competitions. You want it to I be think, like 180 or something internal, maybe, maybe 175 ish. I think a lot of normal everyday barbecuers and people that enjoy eating barbecue tend to skew on the, I like them a little more. Yeah, I do tender. too. Yeah, <laughs> I do now, too. So these weren't as tender as like the bone just absolutely fell out of the rib where they did last time. They like, you could literally pull the bone out of it, which is like, that's okay. It makes it di- more difficult to eat that way. Yeah. Anyways, hands down my favorite ribs I've ever made this weekend. Three, two, one. Okay, what I learned was that the ACC... Ten minutes later, talking about ribs. The ACC Network Extra is a channel that exists that somehow I don't get. I I subscribe to Hulu Live for my cable viewing, and I 
inexplicably get the ACC network, yet I did not have access to the ACC extra network plus plus apostrophe. And I'm not sure why I tried watching it through my ESPN app. I have ESPN plus through my Hulu Disney plus bundle. And somehow I could not watch these baseball games and it just drove me insane. Every time I tried to stream it, it just a little dialogue box would come up that obviously had a message in it that I couldn't see for whatever reason. That's good. And I could, all I could do was click okay. And then it would stop the, it'd close it out. Like, oh, Okay, great. So who's watching this channel, and why wouldn't you want me to watch it? I'll watch your dumb ads about your Kubota tractors and whatever else you're going to do. But They're also Coyote tractor commercials. Well, Coyote's usually on Fox. (laughs) Coyote tractors are usually on Fox. But uh, I just, I don't understand why this channel is so hard to find or get and why I couldn't watch these two games this week. And then I'm probably not going to care for another year or two. When you sound really salty about this, I, I'm surprisingly salty about it because you'll never need this channel ever again. Ever again, and you missed two baseball games. Well, what killed me was the fact that I have ACC Network on Hulu. You just didn't have ACC Network. Extra. Somehow, we're not. Someone didn't pay the extra point oh seven cents a month to get this channel <laughs> included in that package. It doesn't make drives me nuts. That's it, though. Yeah, like I said, you only missed two two baseball games. Two of the two like really good right. baseball yeah, games against really, really good. good competition. Extra innings, McMillan throwing people out like crazy. Yeah, rest of the games on Fox or Texas Tech TV. Anyways, that'll do it for us on the Twenty Three Personnel Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Guns up. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.